Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Tims. This time around we're reviewing On The Road Again, which is a, a video that came out um, reviewing the run to the Scottish Cup in 1995-96 right. season. Yeah, if anyone hasn't um, heard one of these before, we've done we've done a couple of these now, haven't yep. we? We've gone back and, and dug into the, the archives of the, the classic Celtic videos slash DVDs. I think we did one for Sutton Impact, yep. I think it was the first one we did, and On Target. On Target, on target. Yeah, yeah, and this is very much of the same era as mm. On Target, yeah. an enjoyable era to watch oh, Celtic, to watch Celtic tapes. It's good that somebody has put these up on YouTube. Aye, they're all available on yeah. YouTube if you want I to watch them. I need to buy the video and plug in a video player. Yeah. It's very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> See, Melly, you're, you're lifting the curtain there. You're peeling back the layers of the onion and letting people in on our secrets. We're not watching actual VHS copies. Oh, I got the VHS yeah. on target. So. Oh, so you did. That's right, that's right. What other VHS did we buy recently? And, and I, nobody had a VHS player, so we gave it away. Long-time listeners will be aware that I accidentally bought a, a VHS of uh, A Gift From God. <laughs> the Wibble video and we gave it away. I'm sure Ryan McPullen, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's our Patreon subscriber. I wonder, so. I wonder if he's ever watched that. Um, <laughs> he can let us know. So, Stephen, when we do this, you usually take us back in time. You yes. set the scene with movies and TV shows and music of the era. Already discussed, we are travelling back in time to 1995, specifically between January and May 1995, because that's when the Scottish Cup run would have been. So, in the in the cinema... At this time, would have been Seven and The Usual Suspects in 1995, both starring shamed Hollywood monster Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Seven is grim but terrific. Oh yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, oh, which, is, which is amazing. That was already the third one. Yeah, that, that, was, that was absolutely terrific. Heat, the Al Pacino Aye. and Robert De Niro Aye. clash. Desperado. Brilliant. Oh yeah. With, 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 scene, with, with the Salma Hayek. Yes. The, with, with the... Salma Hayek yes peak Salma Hayek yeah. Ace Ventura When Nature Calls the Concept. second one and Ice Cube comedy vehicle Friday was there in 1995 <laughs> brilliant wasn't all good classic though. of yours classic of mine eh? wasn't all good though because do you remember Theodore Rex no no I don't <laughs> Theodore Rex was a fish out of water buddy comedy starring Whoopi Goldberg partnered up with a, an animatronic dinosaur <laughs> as, as the detective partner, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have to have to post the the trailer for it. When did Braveheart come out? Ninety five. Was it? Was yeah, that year sure Braveheart was. came out? Because Rob Roy came out the same year mm. as well. Liam Neeson. <laughs> uh, you're also forgetting First Night, 
with Sean Connery and Richard Gere which is that an was, absolute classic is that and Keith Ledger as well is that another one no that's another one another night yeah, one yeah. I, I don't even know what age Keith Ledger might be in 1995 um, and also Congo the Congo? movie about the radioactive monkeys or something yeah, yeah. G- gorillas yeah and yeah. there was a talking gorilla in it I think that that film had Tim Curry in it and it only got made because it was by the same writer as Jurassic Park. I so was, it was in that kind of era. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. There was another movie out, obviously, anyone who knows me um, knows that I'm a huge James Bond fan. And an absolutely terrific James Bond movie came out. I'm going to just... <laughs> listen to that theme tune, listen. Absolutely bro- Written by Bono and the Edge. Performed by Tina Turner. Golden Eye. Absolutely, absolutely terrific movie. Killed it off there before the horns came in. Absolutely terrific. <laughs> well, the, in the charts around this time, obviously kicking off from January onwards, Stay Another Day was still the number one from the previous from, Christmas. From Christmas? Yep. Uh, Scatman John was, a, was, a, <laughs> was around at this time, as well as Here Comes the Hot Stepper by Amy Camozzi. Tune. Here Comes absolutely. the Hun Scalper. Here Comes the Hun Scalper. Remember that guy, he's 17, ran himself over in his own car chasing a baked potato down his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, no. The, was he chasing a baked potato or did he eat 47 baked potatoes? Oh, I think he, f- and he spewed. <laughs> 40 baked potatoes and spewed and ran himself He just, I've never seen someone have Eckies ruin their life so much. Oh, the 90s. Most people just take Eckies and go on, mate. Eckies ruined that man's right. life. <laughs> um, this will be the year of what's the story, Morning Glory, won't it? Of course, that's right. Peak yes. Oasis. Yeah. Music, probably, 1995 is probably a classic year for culture in this country. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Celtic in 1995, put us in the picture. Well, this cup run itself kicked off just a couple of months, really, after the absolute crushing disappointment of the Coca Cola Cup final, which, if you don't know, Lucky you, Celtic um, lost to first division opposition in Wraith Rovers. Yep, with Paul McStay missing the crucial penalty. My, uh, not my, definitely not my first ever attended Celtic game, but the first one I can remember attending. Yeah. I, I went, I went to Ibrox with my grandpa. Yeah, I was there. I was there as well, and uh, I vividly remember crying after the game. <laughs> crying, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, to give a, a bit of context about Celtic at this time, this season after um, that that Coca Cola Cup final, Celtic finished fourth in the league. Do you, yeah. know, do you know how many league games they won all season? Eleven. <laughs> it's not even a. I mean, game. eleven. No wonder uh, people say you don't remember the night. Uh, uh, yes, by all means. That, I mean, this is this is what people are on about when they say. I mean, at least it's not the nineties. Eighteen draws. Eighteen <laughs> draws. They went. They went on a run where they won on the twenty fourth of September, and that was the last win until New Year's Eve. So that was eleven games without a win this season. So, so from from being absolutely down and out mm-hmm. and finishing fourth, how long after that did it take Celtic to win the league? Three years. So, so, so it took them three years. Rangers yeah. <laughs> are, are well overdue winning the league. Anyway, that's an aside. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. But I mean, this was far from a, a classic Celtic team. Anyways, it was Tommy Burns was just in the door at this point. Fergus McCann had not long rescued the club from yep. from RIP Celtic. All those um, those headlines from at the time. So big pressure on this this cup run because because of aforementioned failure in the Coca Cola Cup final. When was the last time Celtic won a trophy at this point? Six seasons. Yeah, yeah, this was the first trophy, potential trophy, for for six years. They should have done it with the Coca-Cola Cup final, but obviously failed, so that ramped up the pressure even further. This was six years. I mean, I can't, we can't state this sternly enough how ridiculous that is. I yeah. mean, picture six years without a single trophy. That's not without winning the league. That's without winning anything in it's that time. right now to the other <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. I love every single <laughs> second. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it wasn't just win a trophy. It meant everything. This you see, it starts off the video. You see a bit of celebrations, and I don't think I've seen people that joyous. No. Hmm. Probably stopping the ten, maybe. Yeah. But this was pure relief. Everything. It wasn't just about players, the cup. managers, fans, it, everybody. Everybody was a fan in the team. Basically, hmm. it was about getting a trophy. It was about a brand new start. It was getting into Europe. They hadn't yeah. been in Europe for years and years. It's unthinkable right now for Celtic to be in this situation. But funny when it's not happening to us. <laughs> <laughs> who, did, who did we bring in this season, Stephen? Who joined us in 95-96? Well, Pierre Van Hoydonk had just not long signed. Mm. But really, I mean, that was the first big exotic signing for many yeah. years before that. We did a couple of polls in the early 90s with Jakinowski and Dovchek. Rudy Vata was yep. around at this time, but he was he was a refugee. It sounds so, I mean, the days of big foreign signings. I mean, Cadet and Decanio were still a long way off at this point. So Van Hooydonk was the first in the door. But really, as Mila said, it was just a team, a team full of Tims. Van, Hoy- Van Hooydonk was a player of real caliber, though. Oh, yeah. like what was his scoring record in Holland? Twenty six goals in thirty one games. There's actually a wee feature on the video about Pierre Van Hooydonk after, after the first couple of games. Yeah, he, he beat scored eleven goal games in a row in Holland or something. 11 yeah, he, games in the Dutch league say, who did he beat? it was previously Bergkamp. held by Dennis Bergkamp yeah. 11 goals in 11 consecutive games I mean think about that think about that in, in this day and age think about Celtic being able to sign a player who had scored 26 yeah. goals I mean, in Holland that's, that's, 40 million that's, yeah, yeah. That is, I mean, that's Suarez type yeah, is, record that's there's a, a point in the video where Willie Faulkner scores and I thought he's quite prolific he, he looks decent in the highlights they're shown of all the games and this was quite far on in the tournament, so it might have been March March time. Sixth goal of the season. That's our <laughs> striker. That's our striker. And Willie Faulkner actually looks pretty good in this video. Does. You're right, he's one of the standout players. I mean, it's, it's great going back and watching these videos because, see, to be honest, at that age, the age I would have been at this time, I don't think I had any sort of concept of what crap football was. I don't think... I mean, the, the players from the early 90s I've just listed, like Jackinovsky and, and like guys like Paul Elliott, they those are, I still look fondly upon yeah. these players. I mean, th- those are bad examples because those were good, good players. Good players, like Paul yeah, especially. So, but, I mean, even the, the likes of Brian O'Neill. I had no concept when I was like 12, 13 of what a, an underwhelming footballer is. I think you just see them up there, you know, kind of larger than life, wearing the strip and all that, and you, you, they become heroes to you anyway. So it's quite good going back and watching these videos and seeing, kind of bringing yourself back down to earth about how good they actually were. But in fairness to them, Faulkner stood out in this video. So did Brian McLaughlin. Brian, Brian McLaughlin, yeah. Good, yeah. yeah. The commentator mentions a lot, like his skills undoubted, his pace mm. is undoubted. It's just his final a ball. criticism is his final yeah. ball. And you've seen it in a lot of the highlights. That it wasn't <laughs> even a final bad. ball. It was unbelievably bad. It in any way, hoping. But to be fair, once Van Hooydonk comes in, there's a lot more for him to hit. But when, when you see Tosh McKinley's de- delivery mm, compared yeah. to Brian McLaughlin's, it's night and day. There was still a market for that type of player in the 90s. Though. See, wee nippy guys who could just dribble and yeah. do not a lot else. There was still a huge a huge demand for that kind of thing because that's what that's what players, that's what fans like to see, rather. And nowadays, it's all about you know, tactics and systems and stats and all that kind of thing. But really, back then, all you wanted to see was a wee guy taking taking people on. That's oh. the wee guy in you. <laughs> that's exactly. A wee well, guy taking people on with a massive strip on. I think <laughs> I, those strips were huge. I think McLaughlin ended up going to Airdrie after, after right? playing for Celtic. I, I ended up there and then, you know, scooted about the low leagues in England type thing. But on Pierre van Hooydonk, I mean... The, the, 
it's often I kind of run and joke about Dutch football about how you can't really take the goals that scored there seriously because for every Suarez, there's an Afonso Alves <laughs> or a Vincent Janssen or yeah. something like that. But Chris Commons has spoken not so long ago about how Van Dijk was received when he first signed for Celtic in the first first training session. They were like, what are you doing here, honestly? Yeah. But what must it have been like for Pierre Van Hooydonk to walk into their dressing room with guys like... We guys for Glasgow? Yes. I mean, mean no disrespect, but guys like Mark McNally and, yeah. and Brad... Even like Brian McGough and Willie Faulkner, they must have thought he was an alien. <laughs> a, guy, a, a six foot five guy with a first touch like an angel, where he could run with the ball. I mean, I don't know what he must have looked like. In the brief highlights, he stands out so much mm. because at the start of the the highlights, like he's just getting the ball and he's just stroking it in the net. He's he's got absolutely every attribute you'd want in a striker. See right now. When a lot of teams play one up front, Pierre Van Hoydon yep. is perfect. And I don't think, because I was young at the time, like, the guy was absolutely brilliant. He was as close to world class as we got before Henrik Larsson came. I mean, we've said about Pierre Van Hoydon before, but he's one of the only players you could take from that era, the 90s, and he has all the attributes to succeed today. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He's, he's, top, he's an absolutely top class. And he was playing at the top level long after he left Celtic. Certainly in that mid-90s range, it's only really him, Collins and McStay, really, that would that would be beneficial in, in today's football. Yeah, he was still um, playing, but 10 years later, he was pitching up at Feyenoord. Feyenoord, uh, was it Besiktas and Benfica? Fenerbahce, sorry, because he scored the two free kicks against Rangers for, for Feyenoord yeah. in, in Europe. But uh, one of the match reports after the St Mirren game, which we're going to come on to, actually says that everyone got it wrong with Van Hooydonk. He arrived as a six foot five centre forward and everyone thought he was just going to be a target man, but really it was the complete opposite. Pierre Van Hooydonk, for all his height and, and physical capabilities, it wasn't that great in there. He did score mm. his fair share of headers, but that wasn't what his game was all about. He was he would drift wide and come in and use an in, incredible touch to play the game rather than just being an absolute battering ram that everyone expected. Them I'm just looking through his scoring record before and after Celtic here, and it's, it, it is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Nottingham Forest, 36 goals in 70-odd games. VTS I went on strike. <laughs> 25 goals in 29 games, 19 and 30, 52 and 61, 32 and 50. It's just yeah. every single where he went, he was... Absolutely wonderful. It's headers, it's right foot, it's left foot, it's free kicks. Every single goal, he's, he had every attribute you'd want. So, so the, the the video itself, it's it's billed as a run to the cup final. It's an hour long. Yeah. Most of it is the final, the, yeah. the, the final highlights. But they do they do talk us through the run yeah. on the way up to the game. Yeah, first game up January nineteen ninety five was um, the third round against St Mirren, mm. and the number one UK single <laughs> <laughs> on this day was a. Uh, Cotton Eye Joe by, by <laughs> oh, Rednecks. <laughs> that was number one for four and a half years. I think so. A, a standout of the of the genre of oh, that right. sort of hillbilly hillbilly pop genre from the nineties. <laughs> Remember that from a primary school disco? <laughs> Aye, it was a real primary school disco. So that St Mirren, I think they were in the first division at the time. Um, but they they had that's what history. Yeah, that, of course. Yeah, and well, I mean that we were going into this game having just lost a final to first division mm. opposition. That after all. But the St. Martin team had a guy in it called Ricky Gillis, who right. was once famously mentioned by, I think it was Tony Fitzpatrick, as being good enough to play for AC Milan. I remember that at the time and thinking how ridiculous that was, but he was always compared unfavourably to Paul Lambert, because he, like Lambert, came through at St. Mirren at 16. I think Lambert was a bit further on than him. Lambert's six or seven years older than him. But his career obviously took off. He was a European Cup winner just a few years later, um, on from this video, rather, whereas Gillis's career never really came too much. Ricky Gillis went on to have a fairly decent career. He was at Aberdeen hmm. for a while. He just seemed to be that guy that no matter what age he was, 
his big move was coming. Yeah, yeah. But it just right. never happened. A bit like Ian Jess, it just didn't happen for him. And on the game itself, McStay was suspended for this, which would be even more torture for him because, as I said, yeah. again, he'd be desperate to, that, to write yeah, that wrong. Again, pointing to that Coca Cola Cup final, he missed the penalty and then suspended for the next Cup game, which is unfortunate. In the build up to this game, Tommy Burns denied speculation that he was keen on signing Neil McCann. He <laughs> <It> was <laughs> linked with Celtic for a long, long constantly, time. Constantly, yeah, yeah, constantly that season. Yeah. Even right up to the point he signed for Rangers, which must have been, what, 98 or 99? Yeah, you know, he was linked with Celtic for a long, long time. He must have been quite young at that point, or 95. Uh, he must have been. Yeah. Look was a good player. Yeah, he I was. He was, was a good player. Was, was, it, was it Craig Brown who described him as the poor man's Ryan Giggs? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone got really offended at that, but to be honest, he being compared at all to yeah. Ryan Giggs as Neil McCann, still a compliment. Yeah. yeah. Look at him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The game itself, probably not a classic. The, the highlights that are on the video, I think it took 68 minutes to eventually break down St Mirren, a dogged St Mirren. And the, the first goal of the Scottish Cup run was scored by Willie Faulkner, yep. who, who I've mentioned. Looked like the back of his head. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was just my... Just, <laughs> just my video. Here. Yeah, it's very true. But Pierre made it too. Shortly after that, uh, that was his second overall for Celtic because he'd scored in his debut against Hearts. Yeah, just that's right. Just after signing Faulkner with the assist, so gelling already (laughs) with his new new partnership. (laughs) Can I just say about about Willie Faulkner? Actually, Willie Faulkner partnered Pierre Van Hooydonk, and also after he he left Celtic, he went on to play fairly successfully for Dundee. Partnered Claudio Canigia. Did they? Did they? Those are two of his partners. Um, Up front in this, we've got. Van Hoydonk features, Faulkner features, Simon Donnelly comes back for the right. final. Yeah, Simon Donnelly. Andy Walker features and scores mm. and more on him later. Charlie Nicholas is That's still yes. yeah. He <laughs> looks bloated. <laughs> the hair. Charlie Charlie's hair. This was the long hair. Yes. Charlie Nicholas long hair, still with the earrings, but he was he looked kinda of like nineties Bono really at that no, point, Charlie Nicholas, but he was clapped out by this bloated point. Bono. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more needs said on that. So Beeson Mirren, what was that? Was that two 0 Two 0 Easy enough. Went straight through there. But really, again, it was really about getting getting the monkey off the back at this stage and just and just progressing. Next up was a uh, Meadowburn Thistle. Meadowbank Thistle. Meadowbank. That's racist. Yeah, which Pierre Van Hoydonk scores a peach, hmm. an absolute screamer. But there's a point where Mark McNally whips the ball in. Mark McNally was playing right back that night. I think that's scary. <laughs> But this 3-0 win, it finished, and that was the first time Celtic had won by three clear goals since 1993. <laughs> oh Honestly, I just want Two to say, years. I just want to say at this point, if you were a listener to this podcast, and I think our listeners are sort of the younger demographic, but if you were a listener to this podcast and you were a season ticket holder during this time, thank you. <laughs> God, God bless you for sticking it all out. Because if you guys didn't stick it out, we would not have the Celtic we have today, and that is a fact. And Tommy mm. Burns said as much, and we'll get to it, but. You know, fair play. Also, Hamden is right now shite. It looked shite back yeah, then yeah. as well. They, they've redone that stadium and it's the same. Possibly it's, worse. Uh, well, we, were, we were playing Hamden that year um, because Celtic Park was, was getting built. And I went back because I remember just in December, actually, there, Fergus McCann wrote an open letter to the SFA and about his Hamden experience. You know, sort of saying, we don't need Hamden. And I took this away from it. Fergus, he did wrote, he goes, when they signed, or they sat down to sign the lease for Hamden, this began with a clause in the lease which was labelled a deal breaker, as their attorney made clear. This is Fergus's language, not mine. That forbade the display of any foreign flag. So that seriously, the SFA banned Celtic from flying the tricolour whilst they were renting Hamden. <laughs> foreign flag. That's incredible. That, and, 
did they not take Celtic for a fortune as well? Was it oh, the, an the absolute first, the fortune? Yeah. And and the Celtic also Celtic applied for like grants to get Celtic Park built, which the SFA didn't endorse. But this is the arrogance of the SFA at the time. Uh, I went back when we researched this. And I looked at the ticket for the Scottish Cup final. So it's obviously got the two team names on it. Do you know who else's name is on the the front of the ticket? Jim Farris. <laughs> <laughs> he put his own name on the tickets for the Scottish Cup final. I, I remember at one point as well, maybe a few years after this, but we were banned from playing the Fields Half and Right Celtic Park. That's how petty it got. Now we rule the roost. Get up, them. No wonder. Now Fer- we're playing Ireland at Celtic Park. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Fergus McGann was a salty wee guy at oh. times. So he must have come into this country with full of good intentions. I'm going to invest serious money in this institution. Try and find the game. Aye, yeah. the, the country, the country's football has just been run like a bowling club yeah. the entire time. Off just, just old guys just running, just, basically. Written, oh, we've got no, no Rangers win everything here. What the hell do you think you're doing? And we old guys with our, our funny handshakes and their feet hanging out the till. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, 3-0 against Meadowbank. Um, the number one on this day was Think Twice by Celine Dion. Oh, nice. Oh, what a lovely little ballad. Like, are you going to do this feature throughout every round? Yes, oh, every, good. That, every I like round. that. I like yes. that. That's nice. Another, yeah, a screamer by Pierre. Again, set up by Faulkner. Again, that's all the goals so far have been from this, this duo. 2-0, Faulkner, <laughs> following in from a Pierre header. There's a pattern emerging here that hit the underside of the bar. 3-0, Pierre finishes into the bottom corner after a great ball down the wing from Tosh McKinley. As you said, Melly, I mean, the quality of Tosh McKinley's crosses and, and kind of long balls and stuff like that was, was really great at that time. He's, he's such an underrated player from that, that era. Okay, he did not sign when he was 30 as well, so... It's not as if yeah, he was a young whippersnapper. He was still up and down that, that line. Fair is a lot different back then than mm. it is now. It's a, it's a good example of that because we're always talking about signing older players. Like, again, it came up this season with Johnny Hayes and the merit of signing players who are kind of towards the end of their career. And we all, the go-to reference is always Paul Hartley and, Brian, and Barry Robson. And I said Brian. Little. Definitely didn't say Brian Robson. But <laughs> those are always the go-to. I just mean Scottish-based. I mean Lobo yeah. was something, something else. But Scottish-based players, they're the wrong side of 30. But Tosh McKinley is one of the best examples we've ever had of that. Probably the best left-back bar Tierney. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen oh, also, also, a violent wee guy was Tosh McKinley. Loves the hoops as well. Punched Henrik Larson in training. Do you remember that? <laughs> Another guy. Bust his nose. <laughs> just a supporter. Yeah, yeah. All supporters. Like, you can tell it's just... Genuine love for the the club comes across in every interview, from the management team to the the owners to every single player, basically. Yeah. Bar Pierre, did you did, did you see the the video that's doing the rounds currently as we record this? Um, it's the sort of it's the they've got the Rod Stewart song and it's like celebrating. Yeah. Tosh McKinley pops up in that wearing a training ground thing. Is he a scout? Is he a scout? Is that what he does? I didn't know. I knew he was still involved in the club in some way, but I wasn't sure what he'd done. Nice gig. Yeah, good gig yeah. if you can get that. Great name, Tosh, by the way. Would you like Underrated. That? Would you call your first kid Tosh? No. The only reason I wouldn't is, you ever watched The Bill about this time? Remember Tosh for The Bill, oh, the big yeah. fat black <laughs> moustached guy? Just like names like Tosh and like Teddy Sheringham. Because they're footballers, you just play it off. See if a guy at your school came in with a name like Tosh or Teddy, be a bully victim, wouldn't they? I'm going to shock you here. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> 
his name is Sylvester and no, and no one notices <laughs> the only other person that's called Sylvester apart from that cartoon and cat, cat uh, no one notices his <laughs> name's Sylvester <laughs> he must have done a few films out back then as well oh yeah I, I couldn't tell you but that must have been that ah, must okay. have been what era no was it, uh, maybe Demolition Man sh- nah, no Rocky, Man, like Rocky 3 or something what was that Daylight or something was that oh that one about that time yeah, I can't remember if, if it was Run about 95. Uses his shoes to stop the lassie getting electrocuted. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good knowledge, Melly. We should start a, we should start start a, a slice of one podcast. Meadowbank dispatched into the quarterfinal against Kilmarnock. Played on a Friday night. Is that right, yeah? Tommy oh. Burns had to uh, not beg, but ask the fans for their support. And a classic 90s. Floodlight failure. Oh, of course. Floodlight failure. Come on, got a bit of a bogey team for Celtic back then. There was a lot of ill feeling between the clubs as well because they had Celtic had been perceived to steal Tommy Burns off them. He Again, was their player manager, which is another SFA thing where they yeah. find Celtic something that he's of like, six figures, like hundred and fifty thousand yeah. pounds. Well, more. I mean, many, many times more. What Rangers have been fined for doing the same to Duncan Ferguson? They tapped him up from Dundee United and were fined next to nothing. Really, it's just, there's a, there's just it's a good era for see if Celtic. Forums and Twitter existed during this era. It, oh. Would, oh, it would be ferocious. It would be, it would be a good read. Number one on this day, still think twice by Celine Dion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kamarnock at this time featured two players that stood out because they'd been signed from Man United. Kamarnock, Colin McKee, and Neil Whitworth. And I remember back then thinking what a big deal that was because this was in the you don't win anything with kids era. Anyone coming through at Man United was was a big deal. This was just after. And only a couple of years after the schools, Beckham, Butt and all that deal, and we thought, come on, I somehow managed to sign a couple of players from Man United. I don't, I can't remember if any of them, either of them are any good, to be, to be perfectly honest. Time. Yeah, probably not, but it was, I remember it being a big deal at the time. But as you say, floodlight failure, it was off for about 25, t- 25 minutes. minutes, yeah. First goal from a penalty, McStay. Oh, the mm. pass from yeah. McStay. I got, this is around the time I started supporting Celtic, because I was so young, I never really appreciated how mm. good Paul McStay was. But watching like on target, and especially this video, the passing range yeah. on the guy was absolutely frightening. He could get the ball on the turn and find his... But I don't know how he's seen that pass, because you can't see it in the picture. Mm. But he puts through McLaughlin, take now, and Collins with a penalty, like... You don't doubt him when he's taking a penalty. It's no. pure technique, isn't it? It's no coincidence that McStay had been linked with teams like Juventus yeah. at his peak and I think Liverpool at some point as well. Back then, I mean, he was an absolute tremendous player. But uh, the pass for that, wee Brian McLaughlin gets booted up in there for the penalty. I think this is the first goal we've, we've had that neither Faulkner or Van Huygen <laughs> get involved in at all. Watching this video, I'd wondered if it was one of those, because I've got other examples of it, if it was one of those videos that didn't show any goals against Celtic. You now you get one of those ones where they just sort of brush over yeah. the goals conceded. But it's actually, they only concede one goal in this entire run. It's the yeah, Hibs in, that, in, in the replay we're, we're about to come on to. Well, but they do brush over the fact that there's a terrible 0-0 with Hibs. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just, I think the replay's like a couple of days later, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. And, yeah, they just totally brushed past it. There's not even a mention of it as far as I know. It just, it just flashes up on the screen, semi-final replay. And I'm that's like, Celtic oh, right. PR for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> this game's at Ibrox, isn't it? Yeah, that's and right. Ibrox has got, like, yellow and red seats that I'd never seen. Mm. I can't remember Ibrox unless it had the manky blue seats, <laughs> so it's weird seeing the 
different colours. Still a manky yeah. place. <laughs> it's not it's changed not, uh, since then. Not. We were there a couple of weeks ago. This Midden. Is, this is by far the best game on the video, to be honest. This, this is. is actually the moment I can pinpoint where I sat and watched this full game with my dad and when John Collins scored that goal, that's when I decided that's me. Yeah. I'm a Celtic fan. Before Good. then, you were sitting there like, I, oh, I, I don't, don't know. know I might support Rangers. Know. I like the blue and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Number one for both of these games for the, the original and the replay is Back for Good by oh. Take That. Oh, banger. that is an <laughs> absolute classic. But this, yeah, this is, this is by far the best game. Despite the fact there was no Van Hoydonk, no Van Hoydonk in the, in the lineup for this uh, replay. Stephen Tweed missed a sitter to put Hibs up. That was a nice Hibs strip, by the way, the purple was, and green. Yeah. It was the Caller Gas one. Yep. Yeah. Classic, but I always feared Hibs because uh, they had Kevin Harper and Darren Jackson and they always mm. seemed to Even be guys good like players. Keith Wright, was it Michael O'Neill as well? Michael the O'Neill, Irish winger. Yeah. yeah. Not the Michael O'Neill. Not, 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 not that one. Yeah. yeah. One nil. Willie Faulkner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is his sixth goal of the season. Yeah, that's right. So right. that's a Scottish Cup semi-final and it's his sixth goal of the season. And once again put through by a, a lovely disguised pass from the maestro Paul McStay we've just mentioned as well. I mean, it's no surprise to me that you know, you're saying six goal a season and it's a Scottish semi-final because we've done so poorly in the league. It seems like everyone just wanted to turn up for the cup competitions. In this, well, in this game, I found one of the match reports and I was, I was reading the ratings. It was it was kind of standard sevens and eights across the board for Celtic, a couple of sixes in there. Andy Walker got a four. Good. <laughs> Andy Good. Walker got a four. He had missed the penalty in that replay, that, uh, sorry, the original game that we never saw any of. To take it to a replay in the I'd give Andy Walker's Celtic career a four. <laughs> I'd give Andy Walker's entire life a four if I could. <laughs> Barry Ferguson eight. Barry Ferguson was always known as Barry Ferguson eight because that was always his rating in the papers. You have to just call it Andy Walker four. Aye, Andy, Andy Walker four. Do you know who didn't get a four? John Collins, because he scores an absolute oh, a, a screamer. Lovely curler. Oh, um, he was fond of that one. Mm. Oh. It's, it's incredible that Celtic, at this really dismal time for the club, managed to have John Collins. I mean, we had Pierre Van Hoydonk for a couple of seasons. We had Andres Tom for a wee bit longer. We had Cadet De Canio for a couple of seasons here and there. We had John Collins somehow for about six seasons. Yeah. How they managed that is, is beyond me. I mean, he was bit, meant to be leaving a couple of times. Yeah, there's a wee bit of chat on this video about how he might have been leaving. And I, I actually, it may have been in some of the match reports I'd read from after these games. There was talk about the final being his last game. So there was talk about Middlesbrough and a few other clubs coming in for him. It turned out he stayed for another season and went to Monaco. But how the hell don't they? A guy like that is, is he doesn't have the greatest of reputations these days because yeah. of his ill fated stint as assistant to Ronnie Dyla and a wee bit of a wee bit of a smug ah, he's guy. He's got a bit, but, of a, a bit of notoriety about yeah, him, doesn't but, he? But what a player! Oh, unbelievable yeah. player! I think he, along with Van Hoydonk, were my, my favourite players. Just because back then it was so different, being so left footed and. The Predies, just everything about him, the hair, never out of place. Even after celebrating after the cup final, not out of place. It was, uh, again, Fergus McCann pops up because John Collins he famously left on a Bosman mm. to go to Monaco. Fergus McCann, not one to shy away from trying to get some compensation for him, never worked. But uh, well, he argued that because Monaco were a principality, they should be paying because they're outside yeah. the European regulations. Yeah, right? that's right. It was all to do with tax and all that kind of thing. So he wanted. Well, why? Why are we in? Why was this guy for nothing? But I mean, it didn't win. But again, I think Mon- did Monaco make the? Did they make? They made the semi final of the Champions League. John Collins made the semi final of the Champions League. He won the, the French league the following season when he went right. to Monaco. Ah, I believe so. I. But Melly, you're touching on like I mean, John Collins is a player of obvious class. Uh, uh, one of my favourite players. I loved John Collins when I was younger. But 
You said you mentioned the, the Predator boots back when Predies were Predies. Oh, that classic with a ton. The first sort of Predies that were coming out then. Yeah. This was the first run of them. Absolutely brilliant. And the, see if you compare today's Predator, which is basically just a football boot now, to that that Predator, which was it was like thick leather with huge rubber teeth on yeah, the yeah, front. You could differentiate Predators from other football boots oh, back then. You knew that was Predies, but not now. Not was now. Gimmicky. Wasn't interested. Prefer a. A Puma King. Oh, did you? Yeah, 12 year old hipster. Uh, Nike, <laughs> Nike TM pose. What was the ones loud up? Did you know, with a pony or something? Or uh, yeah. Oh, what was it? Was it pony? I think, I think it was pony. Hummel, Hummel. was the uh, Denmark sponsor. That's right. Yeah. Remember, uh, what, was, what was the Canio's boots? I, 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 I knew it was. I just didn't yeah. want to attempt the pronunciation. I was I was on holiday I've recently. Have you got a pair? I was in a, I was a, a past their shop in, uh, when I was on holiday in New York last week, but they've, they've abbreviated their name. They've rebadged it, you feel? Yeah, yeah, they've abbreviated it, but guess what they've re-abbreviated re- it to? PFD? No, just PEDO. <laughs> <laughs> so their shop's called P apostrophe D-O, New oh York. Oh my word. <laughs> PEDO <laughs> This game, is, as I said, it's the only goal they can see in the entire run. Mm. Keith Wright scored it. And, out the, and the winner... Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> Opaki Bonner, right? Yes. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, well, he, he made a decent save. Oh, great save. Yeah, a good save to deny O'Neill. Yeah, and then it was Keith, Keith Wright scored, but Phil O'Donnell got an absolutely cracking oh, header. Yeah. Yeah. And shortly after that, he headed one off the line. So Phil O'Donnell was in and around the team. He was, I mean, he was a major sign at that point as well. Was it? He's a British record. Yeah, yeah 1.7 1. 1. 1. million. million or something. Yeah, that's right. Pierre was 1.5, he was 1.7. That's right. Yeah. Big money in those days. Is he still, I mean, he must be up there as Motherwell's record sales. Maybe different now. I think they might have sold Malt for slightly more or yeah. something for a long must time. Be, I don't yeah. know. It might still be. I mean, yeah, could be. was a million, I'm sure, so mm. it could well be. Got we, a sand name after him there as well. That's right. We almost spent more money back then than we do today, <laughs> no, yeah. which is unusual, which is un- unbelievable to think about it. Well, that's what we've said on here before. We, we are spending less than we did 10, 15, 20 years ago and still expecting better results because we were doing nothing in Europe back no. then. So. After this game, this is the best bit. We are at the 19 minute mark of the video. Where is this going? This is an hour long video <laughs> and we're in the final having dispatched Hibs. Cut to some comedy training footage. Brilliant. Yeah. I, 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 I love this bit of the video. This is my favourite bit of the oh, video. It's exceptional. Yeah. So what happens is Tommy Burns takes the team to Seamill mm-hmm. um, to get away from the focus of the final, which is a great idea. Now, Seamill Hydro is sort of synonymous with Celtic. That's where the Lisbon Lions went. And I don't know if it continued to then. Something tells me that that was a bit of a throwback because one... There's no reason to take them to Seamill. They weren't in any finals. No. You know, so Tommy so Tommy Burns, obviously, well, they weren't winning finals anyway. Tommy Burns took them away to Seamill to, quote, get them away from people asking for tickets and pestering right, them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it looked like a bloody great time. It did. A really lovely old time. time. All that old-fashioned training, you know, lying on your back and then getting up and running. Doing a sprint, yeah. Backwards sprinting. Playing small-sided games with uh, traffic cones. Yep. Traffic cones as goals. I've been to, you were there as well, Creef Hydro recently. Yeah. And it looks pretty much the same. But when I pictured like Seamill Hydro, I thought, oh, they must have like pitches or grass. Not. It's not. It's just outside where you get wedding photos taken. That one, one goal is the buildings behind it. So you could tan a window and <laughs> the other has a small wall. If you put that over that small wall, which is about waist height, you're going to get the ball from the beach <laughs> or the sea. New strip was unveiled at this time as well, yeah. and it's the, the the strip, strip, the classic, the one we all we all favour. The, the strips for this era were, were brilliant. I mean, oh, were, the home strip before that was even a classic yeah. as well. Yeah, with the sort of umbro dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they play a wee small side. They're, they're racing each other, so the keepers are racing each other. The losing team and that. Pokemon loves it, by the way. Oh. He's getting that. He's like, I'm oh, beaten by a 35 year old or something. I think he was saying at the time. It just looks like they're having fun. There's a few fans there. There's Brian Scott, who's the physio, is making them do running. And yeah. there's a couple of guys there that I don't know if they're coaches or whatever, but the losing team that loses the wee small sided game has to jump in the sea. Every <laughs> single <laughs> one. Dunked in the sea. Absolutely brilliant. You know what? There's some just, some really. Yeah, it's fun. There's something just dead innocent about it as well. So honest. There's there's loads of footage of them all playing cards and things oh, like that as well. I mean, that's you wouldn't get see that. Charlie Nicholas. That's right. Yeah. I think him and Andy Walker and Tommy Burns crack a wee joke. Yeah, there's there's just it. you know what I love about that. It's just so Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so innocent. All the training is just running and jumping and, and push ups and all that. and then they're playing cards and they've all got they just look like we guys for Glasgow it's, there's there's no airs or graces it's absolutely brilliant unfortunately you wouldn't get that nowadays because all the players would be tucked away in their hotel rooms permanently playing yeah. FIFA and all oh, that the kind beats. of thing they'd yeah. all have Beats earphones on and all that that's right these guys are playing snooker and yeah. cards and playing snooker playing cards I think that was like the first when that strip came out it was the first like Celtic merchandise magazine I remember yeah. that had like training kit and all that so they had some of it there was an Umbro training it was just basically an Umbro training kit it wasn't really Celtic but my favourite bit of this is just after this, it cuts to the grass outside. Pierre Van Hoydonk is head to toe. Like it's, you can only see his face that's not covered in Adidas clover. He's lying on the ground with hundreds of kids around him <laughs> signing autographs and having a laugh a minute. My favourite part of the ensemble is his hat because it's it's red, yellow and green. Stripes on Adidas. It looks like, do you remember all that old stuff? I'm going right back now. Remember Addy Hash? Yes. Yes, again. Yeah. Clyde Banks Sean said about fake Adidas for stoners. <laughs> so, listen, you are saying Adidas, but Umbro was a Celtic sponsor at the time, so. Oh, he was head to toe in Adidas. Was it, yeah. So, was it, he just didn't care. No. So, this, 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 so after this wee bit where they're doing the training, they're getting away from it, having some downtime to prepare for the game. The game comes up. The pressure on the squad and the manager at this time must have been oh, en- enormous. I think that's why they got away. But added to that, Tony Mowbray was out. Brian O'Neill. McClare was out. Brian so, O'Neill. Brian O'Neill, sorry. Brian McClare was out by about eight years by <laughs> <to> that point. <laughs> we had... Uh, so we were really short. Yeah. Peter Grant Struggling. injured yeah. two weeks before, thought he was out. At centre-half for the biggest game since 88, Celtic had Rudy Vata and Mark McNally at centre-half. It was a staggering team. Peter Grant shouldn't have made it. I'm pretty sure he was on all sort, hopped up in all yeah. sorts of pain. He was immense. He, won, he wanted that, didn't he? Peter Grant, he absolutely wanted to win that game. Famously man of the match, often referred to as the Peter Grant final. Now, yes, yes it was, but it was a terrible football game. Uh, yeah, it was a terrible football game, but Peter Grant absolutely... Grabbed it. I mean, he's running 40, 50 yards to chase down goalkeepers and limping. dead balls and all that. Basically limping a bit. He got chopped three times. Yeah. I meant to say this earlier on, but seeing the Hibs replay, not just that replay, that game would have been abandoned now again because <laughs> there's some tasty, tasty <laughs> challenges. See, when players are trying to block shots, it's two-footed lunges every mm. single time, but they just get on with it. When men were men. That's, right. That's absolutely <laughs> it. The, number one on the day of the final. Unchained Melody oh. slash White Cliffs of Dover by Robson and Jerome. Oh. <laughs> that was number one for ages. They had, they had two of it when I was looking at it. As they had two of the top three selling singles of this year. Housewives favourite. Only separated by Gangster's Paradise. So that was this was the biggest selling single of the year and some other Robson and Jerome stuff. And truly all recently at Celtic Park. Of course, another Celtic connection. I'm trying to think of 
for, for the kids listening, I'm trying to think of an equivalent to Robson and Jerome being number one now. Two actors. There is they. And, uh, it's like, uh, and no. they've had singles, of course. Yeah. No, because Robson and Jerome were famous off the back of a TV show called Soldier Soldier, yeah. where yeah. they played two characters and then they came out. This is like, I don't know, it's like two people from Game of Thrones. Thrones. Grant. <laughs> nice. Mitchell bring that in. But that, that being said, that one of them is in Game of Thrones. I don't know if it's Robson or so Jerome. Is. That's right. Yeah. He made a bit of a, a comeback. So he is. Think how much money they made off singles back then. Oh, oh the sales, massive, and I think it was like one seventy nine a single, or three seventy nine. But oh, they'll make more money than artists right now make off albums. Oh, definitely, Robson, <laughs> Robson, Jerome have made more money off of single sales than Justin Bieber. Can, can you can, can you <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> We get, some interviews being conducted outside the game. And then they build up to it. And fans are very optimistic. All their 90s, 90s clobber on and all that kind of thing. All their 90s sideburns. They're all very optimistic. Many believe this is going to be the turning point. But one young girl, she must be about 10 or something like that. Oh. Celtic shirt shouts, simply the best. Ah, I a, saw that. A confused young lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor lassie. A plant. Yeah. <laughs> a, a tin poster. <laughs> or a hunter cover. I can't, I can't remember which is which. Lovely day as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Smashing day. I remember football was just sunnier back then, wasn't <laughs> it? Life was sunnier. The, I remember going out at half time and playing a bit of football because the game was that bad and coming back in. But what a day! Hmm. I was out, I was at this game. I would, I'd um, got back on the horse after falling off in the Coca Cola Cup final. So I, I was at this one as well. Don't remember a huge amount about it other than the other than the goal. I remember the goal so vividly. Yeah. That's all there is to remember in this game. Well, that's true, yeah. Airdrie, that's one of the worst strips I've ever seen. I was, I was wondering about their strip. Are they a, I, don't, I mean, Airdrie's not like a honeyish area, is it? Probably. I don't, I don't yeah, really I don't, know. I mean, everywhere is. But, but it's like a sash. Yeah. It's kind of like a diamond sash. <laughs> and that, they caught, that diamond across the front and back forces them to have a tiny wee number yeah. between their shoulder blades, like a sort of short-sized number. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible strip. Now, it's, it's worth pointing out that Airdrie aren't the same Airdrie that exists now that no. Airdrie Onions went burst no is it not Airdrie Onions now yeah because what happened was that Airdrie Onions or Airdrie went bust are they not Airdrie and this is Airdrie Onions I'm not sure but they started again and adopted a similar name not Airdrie United or something ah, it was Airdrie United was briefly anyway doesn't it matter speaking of numbers like that brand new strip that was the first time it had been worn and the following season when you it was a name and number on the back I think it was just numbers on the back actually yeah. it had a white square and then the number was on top of it whereas this just had the green, green number but it had a nice wee outline of white and it umbro printed into the number as well it's absolutely detail. brilliant that, but that, that's what they used to do I miss that that's what they used to do back in the day they used to wear you know because I think they only brought out a new home strip every second season roughly yeah. didn't they um, and the away strip was every season and then on, if you made the Scottish Cup final usually you would preview you would wear next season's Home shirt to show show what people are like, but it's they, just with sponsors now they can't do that. They can't do it, and we bring out three new strips a year now. The yeah, strips are currently reduced to forty pound if MD's interested. <laughs> <laughs> forty quid for a, yeah. a strip they're going to wear for six more games. In the Airdrie team, there's a man called Andy Smith. I don't really remember Prolific. many. Yeah, I don't really remember many of the Airdrie players apart from the Sanderson. I think as well was a kind of a legend yeah. of theirs. But Andy Smith who later went on to star in Hollywood blockbuster A Shot at Glory, alongside Oscar winner Robert Duvall, Michael Keaton, Ali McCoist, <laughs> and Didi Agat. Didi Agat was in it as a Rangers player. Ali McCoist was in it as a Celtic player? He, he played for Kilnocky. Well, did he? Yeah, but, but it was uh, fictional. Yeah. Basically Celtic. <laughs> yeah. Robert Duvall, there's a connection there, I should have probably researched, but he, um, him and Jimmy Johnson became friends. 
Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, a, right, yeah. there's a story mm-hmm. there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah he, he spoke very fondly of him. I uh-huh. think he must have met him while, while making this absolutely terrific film. Oh, it's Jimmy <laughs> Johnson's in the crowd for the cup final. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's signing autographs for everybody. Someone said on Twitter recently, it was run about when Brendan Rodgers had been linked with Southampton or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, the the analogies people made were, well, why would they leave Celtic to go to Southampton? You don't go from starring in The Godfather to starring in Police Academy 6. Obviously forgetting about how Robert Duvall starred in The Godfather and then went and made a shot at glory. <laughs> <laughs> the goal, again, spoke about it already, Tosh McKinley, and it's not... It's not the sort of cross you'd see nowadays. It's a deep mm. cross right into the middle of the box and Pierre just gets up in the head and the place goes absolutely wild. Everybody's lapping it up. It's a great goal. At this point, it's his eighth, eighth of the season. Have only joined in kind of late yeah. to the, uh, 94, was that? I mean, it was early on. It was, it was the first 10 minutes, yeah, wasn't eight, it? Eight or nine minutes, I think. But then he, he went off. Injured. He went off injured Did after 30 when they're making the sub, uh, the, it's a like, flip chart of numbers. Yeah, yes, it was right. absolutely. Brilliant. And who came on? Who came on for him? <laughs> the man Fulham. of the tournament, Willie Faulkner. Yeah, before, he, but just before he went off, actually, there was a hilariously bad offside call. Did you see that? Oh, he got called I, back Simon Donnelly. No, no, no he that's was a free kick. Oh. That's even worse. <laughs> uh, Pierre is. Uh, I think he gets put through by Peter Grant, but he's at least two or three yards on. It does. He's not even close. A, a simpler time. The free kick. Simon Donnelly goes down the left flank and the Airdrie defender's running across him and goes to slide to put the ball out but slides over the ball so completely <laughs> misses the ball so Donnelly jumps over him sort of falls on him and goes to go through and the ref gives the Airdrie guy <laughs> that's right absolutely incredible stuff I think that there was a bit of a controversy about the, the referee at that time there wasn't that Les much because he had it, well, it was a hunt as all referees were at that time. But I think he actually played for Airdrie. He was on the books yes, at Airdrie yes, at one that, point. That's correct. Yeah, he was on. He was on the books. I don't think he ever made a first team appearance, but he was, you know, to all intents and purposes, a former Airdrie player. Have we run through the squad for this game? No, the team, yeah, um, the Celtic team. The starting lineup was Bonner, Vata, Boyd, McNally, McKinley. As we've already talked about that, that incredible defence we <laughs> put together there. I mean, McNally. McNally came in and was playing his first game in about three months I think he played a wee bit at the start of this cup run but he came in for because Mowbray and Renew were both missing out midfield four was McLaughlin Grant McStay Collins and up front Donnelly and Van Hoydonk this is Donnelly's first game back for a long time yeah, as well, yeah. he was out injured so it was a uh, patchwork to say the least <laughs> it sure was yeah, it must have been so nervous though, especially after um, Pierre going off just before half time. Must have been thinking, right, this is this is happening again. I don't think Erdi were a particularly great team, but they were actually the subject of was it like a French a French news story before the game because they'd broken some kind of record for yellow cards in this season. They were like the, the <laughs> biggest hatchet men in Europe. Uh, well, they were, yeah. I mean, there was there was next to no football played no, by no. either team. But no, Erdi were, were terrible. There was some. I think they knew about Peter Grant's injury because he took some wild oh, yeah. challenges. I, I think he was getting injections by the physio on the pitch because he looked out of the game on two occasions and somehow managed to get up. And there was a last-ditch challenge that if he hadn't made that, like, history would be rewritten. It's a phrase that often gets thrown about with Celtic players when it comes to Lustig and Tierney and, get, and guys like that these days where people say he just gets it. Yeah. He gets it. No one in history... Has deserves that tag more than Peter Grant. Yeah. Peter Grant is the biggest Celtic through and through. 
Not maybe not the most. He wasn't the most talented player in that squad, but the the absolute desire to oh. win that game was was incredible. At this point, as I said earlier, he's visibly limping around trying to get this game one, chasing people back and making tackles. As far as one man performances go, that performance by Peter Grant is up there with like Henrik Larsson at Seville. Yeah, you know, Steven Gerrard in Istanbul. You know, I mean, he's not on the level of these two players by a long no. shot. But as far as grabbing a game by the scruff of neck and giving every ounce of what you've got to to the game, that that is up there. We'll speak about him more after the game, but this, it shows you Tommy Burns and Billy Stark in like injury time, and they they physically can't watch the game. They turn away yeah, and yeah. don't look at the game, just waiting for this. I mean, it must have been. I'm trying to think of it. Maybe stopping the tens the only time mm. you can think well you'd possibly be that nervous that I mean at that at Ibrooks recently I said to you Stephen well, why is time going so slow <laughs> it must have been right. so much worse back then because if anything goes wrong there Celtic cease to exist yeah, as they are the now mm. it, it doesn't bear thinking about especially as Collins should have buried it as well Collins yeah. should have put it beyond yeah. doubt with a, a great header to be fair it was just off target it was a diving header but Faulkner had swung it in. again that man <laughs> Wally Faulkner he'd swung it in from the corner flag near it was an absolutely great cross but that, that should have been the moment it was put beyond doubt but I mean as I said that point at this point now Peter Grant's absolutely running about pulling up trees <laughs> on one leg basically and we may as well talk about it just now after the game he's, he's in tears yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. yeah he and McStay and Burns you can see how much this, this means to everyone um, it means absolutely everything yeah, yeah. I see mean, that moment where Tommy Burns hugs him and lift him I've seen that photo so many times yeah, of course, like, yeah. the guy is genuine tears this isn't just like a minute after the match this is a, a good few minutes after the mm-hmm. game he is still bubbling like a baby and he means <laughs> every bit of it like, the, 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 they were so humble the guys I mean when the full time whistle comes and all the interviews come out so humble yeah. every single one of them are like this is for the fans this is absolutely for the fans they I deserve this Tommy Burns says like, this is for the fans none of this happens without them we are their servants Like, yeah. that's an incredible thing to say yeah. for a manager of Celtic but there's interviews with Tommy Burns, Peter Grant and Billy Stark after it and every one of them said that's my best day in football mm. they were all there for the centenary season I'm sure so, yeah. they yeah. mentioned that but they say this is the best feeling I've ever had in football and imagine nowadays feeling that good about winning a Scottish Cup like, I know we, we're lucky we've seen so much success but these guys it did mean everything to the club, to the fans to the players and to the management uh, yeah, and on having won trophies before, they, they had won trophies in the eighties. All these guys, and were, they were in the first team in the centenary. But Paul McStay had never lifted a trophy as captain yet, and he was having to put up with chance about how you'll never lift a trophy, Paul mm. McStay. So, for him to get his first trophy as captain, for Tommy Burns to get his first and only um, trophy as a manager, I mean, really, this this was to become the peak of Tommy Burns. I mean, we had a lot of great moments after that, but no, no trophies, no, no, su- no ultimate success. So, yeah, uh, quite a moment, and it's it's. It's a really great end to the video. The, the video itself is maybe a wee bit thrown together. Let, let's yeah, face it. Oh, yeah. But okay. it's, it's worth it um, to get to the end and, and, and try and wrap your head around what it must have been like to be them at that moment. As I say, I was there, but I was very young. I have very little recollection of it. I don't re- really remember what it was like to, to celebrate it. But to be those, in particular, those three guys, Burns, McStay and Grant, must have been something else. The scenes after it when are coming out the stadium is wild and Tommy Burns like they can barely get on the bus with people going nuts there's security yeah. holding them back when they do get on the bus like Tommy Burns is talking about how 
people have been like writing letters saying yeah. if you win you need to go through the goblins there's right, so yeah. many people like <laughs> older people that can't get to the game because they're ill that will come out onto the streets to see it the streets are lined all the way they're singing songs and drinking beers on their bus <laughs> it looks brilliant uh, uh, there's ties one, round the head stuff right, they are drinking brilliant. that's one thing I noticed they're having a bevy on the bus singing the Celtic songs they pull up to Celtic Park and Charlie Nicholas fair going for it as well he's punching <laughs> the roof and singing, singing and they can't eat they're squeezing Charlie, past Charlie, the fans and one guy sticks his finger up Peter Grant's nose for some <laughs> reason there's people just trying to touch these guys right. that they can, there's barely enough space for them to get off the bus we didn't see scenes like that last season when we won the treble this is just a Scottish Cup win I know it's good but people were just so relieved so happy yeah. it just felt like a new start for them you wouldn't get that nowadays you wouldn't get like, bus tours around no. like, Glasgow it just, it just can't happen for various yeah. reasons So for bitter hun reasons yeah. that's <laughs> so, that, so that was it and yeah. the, the video ended with a speech from Fergus McCann he says we're, we're back in Europe we're back amongst the trophies big things are coming for this football club and we've never really looked back no, definitely not. I mean, what a turning point in, in more ways than one. Those those fans couldn't have known how prophetic their words before the, the final could have been. They, they all said that this is, they feel that this is going to be the yeah. turning point. They couldn't possibly have predicted how it would go from there. It took a long time to get, you know, where we are now, but that was the big moment. Honestly, I can't recommend these, 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 this video enough. I can't I recommend <laughs> things from this era enough. You know, Celtic didn't win much, but, but, you know, it just makes for great viewing. I wonder, like, just thinking about it, it's so good being a Celtic fan right now. We're dominating, we're winning trebles, we're going unbeaten. We're stopping Rangers winning trophies. If they somehow They're contributing manage, as well. Manage, <laughs> manage to win a trophy, I wonder if it'll be that good for them, if this will be what it feels like for them. But I just hope we can we'll never stop them for as long as possible. And on that, we shall leave. Thanks very much for everyone who's listening. Thank you again for contributing to our Patreon. We appreciate it very much. And we'll be back uh, with more bits and bobs and podcasts and content for you in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening. in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.